another extra special, extra spectacular, star-studded podcast episode of Normandy FM. As always, I'm Eric Van Allen, one of your co-hosts, alongside Kenneth Shepard. Ken, how you doing this morning, this fine morning? Just, just vibing, just practicing the way of the open palm. <laughs> just living, not accidentally partaking in the closed fist as one of us might have this week. <laughs> um... Uh, and as always, our third chair, Kihun Chan. How are you doing today? I'm good. I I've just barely finished the chapter, so looking forward to this. <laughs> it was it was a bit of a photo finish for me too. <laughs> it was it was like one a.m. last night when I finished this uh, playthrough, and just for for the listeners at home, I might have skipped over some side quest content and stuff, so we won't be hitting the side quest as hard today because also. We have a guest on. This is a four-person cast today. Samantha Greer, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing, doing, doing great. All ready to talk about that Bioware goodness slash awfulness. All set. <laughs> the Welcome highs the and the lows. Absolutely. Uh, Sam, for, for the folks at home... Uh, Give us a little bit of a of a bio on yourself. You know what what would we know your work from, and what's kind of your history with Bioware and Jade Empire? Um, most people probably know me for an article I wrote about Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey's biceps. Um, but beyond that, mm-hmm. I've been in games media for about oh god five six years now, and um, I currently um. I'm a producer at Glasshouse Games. Um, we do a bunch of podcasts and video content and stuff. Um, you can go and check out um, just a lot of long-form um, critique of games and stuff. Um, and when it comes to Bioware, um, Jade Empire was my first, like, uh, I guess, modern Bioware game. Like, it was the first time I remembered. This was my first like Bioware Bioware game. Like I think like I played Baldur's Gate and stuff back in the day, Baldur's Gate Two and stuff. But obviously, like I feel like Kotor was a shift to what Bio- uh, Bioware would be for about a decade. I think there's a like really clear through line from that all the way through to Mass Effect. Um, but my but I never played Kotor at the time, so Jade Empire, Jade Empire was like my first one, and um, yeah, it had like a big effect on me. Like I'd gone years not really playing Jade Empire, um, and uh, sorry, not playing RPGs. Like I'd gone from um, PC to like an Xbox. It was all shooters and stuff for me for years. So like this was like at the time, this was like the first rpg that i'd played in a long time and really got me back into them um mm-hmm. and yeah i i'm i i think with with hindsight there's so much of this game that i have <laughs> deep skepticism about mm. but at the time um <laughs> and i it definitely still has a bit of a dear place in my heart because there's a lot to this that i don't think holds up but nonetheless at the time was was meant a lot to me so and I'm, yeah we'll get to get into that this this episode i guess I feel like that's the song remains the same for a lot of people who play like whenever we bring them on and ask them you know like why do you like this Bioware game so much and it's always a different game but kind of a similar story of oh you know it's it was my first big RPG or I had stopped playing RPGs for a while and then came back on this one it just held a special place in my heart something something about Bioware games something about the the way they're built the the involvement with companions and stuff like that they just when they when they hit you right, they they stick and they stick for yeah. a long time. And it then becomes you have to go back and 
critically examine them in a podcast <laughs> several years. I think later. I think I think it becomes frustrating because it feels like Bioware is like your like you know like your f- baby's first RPG and you get it and you love mm. it and then you think oh but there'll be there'll be other grander more nuanced RPGs for me to go and play and then there not so much like and if in terms of like if the things that interested you about RPGs was like the the romance and the the character stuff it I guess it kind of becomes frustrating because Bioware kind of like I mean maybe not so much now right enough but like like this was their baby like this was the thing this was their model that they did and like there's not a lot else out there that sort of fills in the same gap and I think that's why I think there's this like tenuous relationship between people that love these games and have now you know like grown up or moved on and have to revisit them quite critically. But there there's still that thing of like I can't bend it off completely because in a certain way this was this meant a lot to me and also like nothing else has quite hit that those same notes and right. yeah have a unique frustration with that. I think you know like I guess just like Mass Effect was the biggest thing in the planet at one point and it, it's just weird like. Why didn't no one rip that off? Like, why didn't why didn't we all just realize that? Hey, if you put romance in your games, people will be all over that. <laughs> I mean, we we did get we did get Saints Row Four and and their That's version, true. their take on, <laughs> on Bioware romance, and now we've got Larian doing Baldur's Gate Three, um, which yeah. is I feel I think, like I think. I think we were finally the getting there. Like, I feel like... I don't know if it's just because Bioware have sort of... I mean, they did Anthem. They went off in this totally different direction. Like, I don't know if just that's opened the window where a lot of other developers have finally started to step in and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. it feels like we're finally getting there. And there's, like, if you want other game, RPGs with romances and all this richness of, you know, companionship and stuff, like, it feels like there's finally some really good, strong alternatives. But... Yeah, back back in the the dark years of the early two thousands, this was uh, so you had. <laughs> and it's a good thing we're starting off the episode this week talking about romance because this is the week that we can start our romances, and I feel it's important to say that up front because I actually had to go back and replay a part of this episode because I had somehow missed uh a trigger to start one of the romance conversations for for silk fox in this in this episode is is it just me or are like the the things you have to flip to turn on romances in this game bizarre and sometimes like difficult to find compared to normal bioware games oh yeah because like sky was immediately like just throwing himself at me and i was like okay calm down calm down like back off dude but um with silk fox i had to like make sure i stopped and talked to her at multiple points throughout the the course of this story part yeah um when we get into it the 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 process you have to go through to get sky as a gay romance is really fucked up now like i mean it probably was back then but like you know too young to like or it was a sign of the times that i was like oh i guess i I understand why i'm going it's a really roundabout way of going about doing this but um, yeah, it's it's weird because like there there are certain cases where it is as simple as like say the nice thing and the character is going to like you. But then there are other scenarios like if you miss or don't say the right thing at like a very specific point, um, you've kind of like hit the point of no return and you can't uh, make it work, mm-hmm. or you find yourself accidentally in the romance. It's a whole mm-hmm. mess of systems. I get before let, let's get some of this set up out of the way then before before we get into it uh Kihun, are you romancing anyone in this playthrough because i guess this is kind of the part of the game where you have to to flip that switch or not yeah i was um i mean i i was i was trying to 
uh, to put it very uh, crudely, get it on with Silk Fox, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's between her and Dawnstar, and Dawnstar is completely boring. Um, but yeah, you're right. I I kind of get I kind of get the feeling that it is it is quite hard to 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 kind of like impress uh Silk Fox in that sense, and um, yeah, I. And I, I I guess there were a couple of uh so called um 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 dialogue uh options or conversations that you you kind of have to pass to to impress her or something and I mm-hmm. and I if I remember correctly I I I I I think I felt some of them so I was like okay I guess like if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out I don't really care <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, figured out there's like one part where basically like she will stop you and say something if you have like correctly set up the romance or not and like that's that's the sort of metric that people also finding guides for this game is like i was trawling <laughs> through old game facts game guides and stuff just being like oh man and the one of the only guides i could find for like very much specifics on this romance was some some dude shout outs to this guy um just i'm assuming guy but you'll understand why in a second it was a whole guide that was just about how to juggle the dawn star and silk fox romance as a dude in jade empire so you could romance both of them at the same time in one playthrough Mm. and like shout outs to that person (laughs) (laughs) sorry i just had meticulously detailing this (laughs) i just had the mental image of like um like you're like a time machine like a flash appearing back in like 2005 and you're emerging just like i need a walkthrough for jade empire please tell me where to find one (laughs) oh god where's the the prima games guide for this i need it um (laughs) sam when you when you played this originally did you have a particular romance that you chased after so as i mentioned like this was um this i was oh god i'm oh god i would have been like well 14 or something 14 15 at the time and uh, when i first played this and r- romance in games was not a thing that i was that existed as far as i was concerned and like i didn't read romance and fiction a lot of the time and stuff and like it just wasn't there and i had zero exposure more or less to like queer stuff like they're just like the the, the two the early 2090s were a dark time but um mm-hmm. there wasn't really anything and so i remember playing through jade empire simply because i i think it was like the official xbox magazine or something it was like one of their like highest rated games and it was like right at the tail end of like the xbox and i couldn't afford a new console so i was like buying up like these old like classics on the xbox and i was like oh jade empire like and i i i can't, was it is there a game called jade cocoon um, way mm-hmm. back in the day and oh my, my i had a friend who was a massive my had my friend had a I had a friend who was a massive fan of it. So based on the fact that he really liked that, I assumed Jade Empire must be related, and thought, well, it must be good. <laughs> and so I so I bought it. And um, and the thing about about it was, yeah, I like I really liked the game. Like finding out you could turn into a giant toad and do martial arts, like dumb stuff like that, was like that's what got me through this game. That was like. Just the whoa! This is I've never played an RPG. You know, RPGs in my head were still Baldur's Gate. It was still you know rapidly mm. clicking and things until they died. So this was like mind blowing to me at the time. Um, although I'm sure it seems really quaint now. But um, but the the whole romance with um Silk Fox came up purely 
accidental. Um, it's one of those things that I remember tripping. Um, like, I mean, I don't know if on some subconscious level I was actively pleasing her because I was hoping there was something. I don't know. But, like, got, it hits the point where I, I can't remember what it is, but it is in this chapter, I'm sure, um, where suddenly you the tip's the hand and it's like, oh you can i'm romantically interested in you and i remember being like like pausing the game and like oh my oh my god i can't let my parents see this they can't know that there's some queer shit in this game <laughs> and like and suddenly jade empire went from this like you know like action rpg to this like text this queer text that i had to like hide away which now looking back is just hilarious because the way this game handles so much romances in general but particularly the queer romances is just horrendous like i mm-hmm. think um partly as you mentioned the the are the, the, the romances in general are really difficult to navigate and the, the queer romances like especially so it, i don't i don't know but it does uh, given given some st- stuff that i know about the game as a whole i do feel like they deliberately buried these in the hopes that right uh, i don't know if they were trying to avoid censorship they were embarrassed i don't know what the story is but it definitely feels like they went out of their way to bury the the queer romances in this game um so it's weird coming back to it and finding that and like thinking about like just yeah this is not great like if this was released today like like the only thing people were saying about it was how much it sucked and yet at the time it was like it was a precious gem to me like this and um and it's and it's weird and i think a lot of like queer people have that like that story of like the first sort of like bit of queer like culture and like art that they get Mm. to experience probably isn't great it's probably some trash but it nonetheless is like that important first stepping stone and um and yeah jade empire was my first queer trash like that this was it (laughs) um which 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 is a hell of a hell of a starting place um you know just me like fawning over this like royal who wants to slum it like this is not a great place to start (laughs) you know uh okay well we'll talk about that later on in the episode once we get to like the necropolis stuff and all that because i think that's where the conversation tip for me and all that ken just so i have it in my mind you have a lot of notes here that's why i'm asking you on the podcast live because i can't find when in here but but where does the sky romance kind of start to is that is that around the necropolis as well uh kind of but also before because i mean i guess we're talking about now like this is something that's not necessarily tied to a very specific moment so the issue so with this with the gay sky romance specifically what you have to do to unlock it quote-unquote is you have to ensure that you are not in a romance with either Dawnstar or silk fox and in a game where proclaiming romantic interest is simply being polite to somebody um Mm -hmm. that means that you have to actively do something to break off of the relationship or like make it where it's like no longer an option so that entailed dismissing Dawnstar's worries about something like and like in the most like rude heinous way and then with silk fox she like gives us a gift at one point and the way to do it with her is you have to basically like i don't want this shit like get, get this away from me and then so like they both rightly so hate me but then sky later comes up to me and is like so i noticed you don't like you know these two people clearly have interest in you these women clearly have interest in you do you not have interest back what's going on there and then you have to be like oh the main the reason for that is because i'm interested in you instead hmm that certainly is a way to handle that (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm like yeah (laughs) 
yeah and so that's like kind of the thing that that, that's sort of what gets it on the path of like the necropolis is where that first conversation happens um but you have to activate that before you get to that point so Mm. it has like all the flags raised um yeah so real real cool real cool that i gotta be shitty to women to get with a man in this game love that for me love that it's like it's so bizarre as well actually i was thinking because like just as you're describing that i'm thinking the idea like the idea that like these two women are fawning over you is like some weird like Mm -hmm. heterosexual fantasy for sure but i feel like there's 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 a slow seed of something in there where like you know maybe these you know you've got these two women they're falling over and you gently let them down you know there's an option you can be like i'm sorry i'm just not interested and that's what flags sky's interest and actually framing a romance where actually it's another character sort of initiates it with you is actually i'm like that's that would potentially be quite novel because often it's like the the bioware model is you just have to harass people with compliments until they like Mm want to have sex with you and um so that would be nice but that is it's just like so that like the frame the the, the, like the structure of that is almost like something interesting but then the execution is like because of the simplistic binary or whatever that they Mm -hmm. feel the game has to work in like they're just like well let's just you it's like either you you love someone or you're completely shitty to them and there's no nuance there's no in between and like uh it's yeah, it's definitely the bit of the game that has aged really right. early. It's like when you're trying to do that story within the confines of the way that they do open palm, closed fist, that is when, like, you know, you really see, like, like the majority of the, the moral decisions we've made in this game have been whether, oh, I'm going to do the, the normal, sensible, polite thing, or I'm going to murder somebody. So, like, when you have to distill that idea into romantic uh, initiation and uh, tension, it... It boils down to, like, are you going to be, like, put this person on a pedestal and, like, say the absolute nicest things about them, or are you just going to be, like, absolutely rude and dismissive and possibly rude in a friendship? I haven't gotten, I haven't had any, like, real uh, conversations with either of them since that happened, so I don't know if, like, my friendship with them has been ruined in the same, like, in the process of trying to get this guy romance, have I also lost out on two possible friends in this game? Not sure. I'll report back next week, I guess. It raises, oh, sorry. I was, I was just going to say, like, I'm playing this game called Dyson Sphere Program that's, like, a Factorio automation-type game, and it sounds like you're basically describing, like, a series of conveyor belts where it's like, okay, well, <laughs> if this arrives and it has said no to two women, then put it on the gay conveyor belt. Good job. And, like, mm. <laughs> I'm like it, it is those, like, when Bioware games come along and, and we see the gears turn, we've had this with, like, Mass Effect 1, I want maybe it was dragon age origins but it was one of the earlier like bioware games that we did for this cast where it was like the second you start to see the gears turn and how all this works um whereas like by the time they got to mass effect 3 they were much smoother at that stuff and i feel like inquisition as well they finally like just figured out ways to kind of either mask that stuff or they were like hey let's just have heart options and i know that's not everyone's favorite either because there is something to be said for jade empire in the way it's like you don't just get to pick the option that says i want to be good or i want to be i mean some of them are pretty obvious but other ones you have like a series of options and you're not always sure which one is the right one so you do have to kind of role play Mm -hmm. and and you know take your shot and live with the consequences and all that but um 
Yeah, I think there's, I think there's the seed of like something, uh, something interesting here. That clear, clearly, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the thinking was that they, they completely abandoned this, and where Bioware sort of landed around Inquisition was just, we're going to give you explicit options and let you decide, which. I, you know mm-hmm. that has its perks like there's like there's a good thing with that you know like for sure um but i i certainly it feels like the the idea of like yeah like you, you fill this role and these characters respond to you in a way that can could potentially feel more organic that's theoretically interesting but and, it, and it's so weird how ham-fisted it is in this and how awkward it is because even within the the confines of open palm and closed fist it doesn't even make that much sense really because if the idea of like open palm is this peaceful, almost pacifistic, like you know, path, it's weird that the, the result of that is either you allow this person to think that you're going to sleep with them, um, or you crush like their entire being um for no reason and it is it feels like surely there's a it's more like there should be an open palm and closed fist option to rejection right like it should feel like there should be two ways to handle that rather than the you know romance or rejection being tied to either of those paths like that seems like so weird and it and yeah like i can only feel like quite like quite cynical about it where it's like like were they just trying to bury this were they embarrassed like what was going on here that like slaughtered Mm. them the way they did because it's it's, yeah it's really really uncomfortable i and and one last note before we actually get into you know like the the story content of this section of the game which i promise we will at one point (laughs) um I, when I was doing research for this section, because I knew that I wanted to put myself on the track for the Silk Fox romance, and it wasn't going to be as easy as in former Bioware games, where, like you said, you just you know throw compliments at them until they love you. Um, I I discovered that yes, there is similar to the first Knights of the Old Republic, like you can kind of influence a character with romance and turn them to the way of the closed fist or the open palm. And I, I noticed some of that too when I, when I was having dialogues with, with Silk Fox that some of them were like romance and be good or romance and be bad, be evil. And like, it's it's such a weird, it's, it's a weird system. It's, I, I feel like this is the most obvious point that we've played that I can see Bioware transitioning from what it was with KOTOR and its older stuff like Baldur's Gate into what it became with Mass Effect. Like, this is maybe the clearest point of, oh yeah, this is definitely the halfway point because they're yeah. still using some of these old systems, but they don't quite have the dialogue wheel that we will become very accustomed with <laughs> as time goes on. Um, but yeah, let's talk about let's talk about why we're here. Let's talk about uh, why we're in the Imperial City because... Uh, we we have arrived and uh people are looking for us they're looking for our character i'm assuming they all have different descriptions based on whatever default character we picked because mine was like we're looking for a woman with it was like plum armor or something like that because i picked uh woo the uh flying flying lotus something like that yeah (laughs) lotus blossom yeah um and so I'm assuming we all had very different odd descriptions of our characters of this, which was kind of a neat little touch. But um, someone shows up to get the guards off our case. And in one of the weirdest transitions <laughs> to FMV cutscene that I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> um, you do this like, wait a minute. And basically like 
I, I pictured my character like holding their I know this plays <laughs> super well over audio um, holding their palm out over and like in front of their face and like raising it up <laughs> to cover her mouth like within their perspective and be like wait a minute that's Silk Fox <laughs> like, um, yeah it was it was God, why I don't understand why they transitioned to a cutscene for this other than maybe it was just something that they wouldn't be able to do in the game mm. engine and so they had to make it a cutscene but it's like it's like a four second cutscene and it's the most jarring jump yeah. from like hey we're having a conversation to oh hey here's the the fmv like blizzard style cutscene <laughs> of oh my god that's silk fox <laughs> i'm sure it was very impressive 15 years ago I don't know if it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This game like was at the time like considered like pretty. I mean, for, for I guess bio for Bioware like pretty technically like impressive at the I time. Mean, there there are other parts of this game for sure where I was sitting here and even still being like, wow, they really like they went for it. This is pretty cool, but. Uh, like the the end of this episode has a billion cutscenes and they're all pretty good. Um, I would I not think to get um, ahead of myself. I think one thing that I do distinctly remember. I don't know about the particular Silk Fox reveal, um, especially because yeah, I stuck in I think because it, it was super <laughs> obvious as well. Like I remember like she showed up and I was like, oh that's Silk Fox, and then they did the, like the transition thing, like oh look, and I was like, oh yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> Um, but I think the thing about it is like I remember there's a cutscene in the the previous chapter where you, the the cave collapses and everything, and I remember you know like mm-hmm. Black Warblin's there and stuff, and I remember at the time being like, whoa, this is really cool! Like just out of nowhere, they've got this really like big animated cutscene, and um, and the Imperial say like this being like sort of the one of the most spectacular bits of the game, and like. At the time, like, I mean, it looks so quaint now compared with, like, you know, like, Novigrad and The Witcher 3 or something, like, where you've got these mm-hmm. massive, genuine, like, big cities. But this at the time was like, whoa, like, and when you, even when you first arrive and they have that little cutscene of the, the airship arriving, I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh my god, we're going to our big city and, like, being so impressed by this. So I think, I think there's definitely, like, I, I think like it is, it is definitely aged, but there at the time like a lot of this was like genuinely quite spectacular, like for sure. Um, so after we make our our mental connection of <laughs> oh my god, that's Silk Fox, uh, we learn that this is Princess Leon, is the princess of the of the Empire and um, daughter of the Emperor that we are currently having issues with right now so that's interesting we've been kind of tailed by this princess who dresses up as a super stealthy ninja type character um in in like all the the armor and stuff and then like it's for some reason i just could not get out of my head like princess zelda and Sheik. like i was Mm. like oh Mm. they and and in my head, I was trying to do the math of like, no, Ocarina of Time came out first, right? <laughs> like, who did which one? But um, yeah, it was we we get a little note from our, uh, and this is the first of Eric's accidental uh, closed fist options, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm I ha- I had a few this episode. <laughs> there's there's a lot of ways to accidentally be an asshole in this episode, but. Um, they 
the attendants are with her and she kind of tells you like by the way i'm silk fox did you figure it out and you're like yeah like it's it's not that hard and and i guess i should bow to you or whatever and you go through this whole conversation with leon slash silk fox and eventually she's like meet up with me later and you can have an option where you're like oh a secret rendezvous with a princess how scandalous and if you say that not only does she get like mad at you for making what i thought was in my head i was like oh a light-hearted joke like oh secret rendezvous with the princess but like her attendants all faint and stuff (laughs) and i was like i was like wow okay maybe that came off a little bit more aggressive in the way that my character theoretically phrased it with their non-existent voice acting than it was meant to be (laughs) um but as as we wander around I'm, I'm scrolling through because we have just a bunch of side quest stuff that is in this part this is like a massive section of game um, yeah big time that that we have to accomplish here um i know that there are like a bunch of there's one side quest here that has like a celebrity cameo in it i believe and there's like one that i know is pretty popular with the stage play and all that um i'm i'm thinking i might go back later and and try and play some of these side quests just so i can get through this stuff but we have other things we got to talk about today so we're not gonna spend all our time on it keen did uh, you have anything that like stuck out to you side quest wise um I mean, I mean, I, I, I did quite like the whole. Uh, I did, I did quite like the whole uh, entrance to the to the to the city, and and I mean, I think, uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of architecture and all that kind of stuff, it's it is quite ob- it is quite obvious that you know the the, the the entire place was um was um inspired by you know the Forbidden City and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. which is funny because in you know in previous episodes, um. Like Bioware was doing this weird thing where they kind of don't want to acknowledge that this is inspired by you know Chinese culture and that right. kind of stuff, and over here the the influences from from you know uh Chinese culture is just it's just everywhere. So, but I, but I do like I, I do like the whole vibe of the of the city in general, mm-hmm. and um yeah and to be quite honest um the music is great as well. So um. <laughs> Something that I, I, I noticed about, um, you know, the music in this game is that um, it is, some some parts of it can be very jarring because it makes me feel like I am, it, it sounds very stereotypical. It, it sounds like, like, there isn't any other way to put it, but it sounds like the kind of songs that I listen to when we celebrate Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that kind of songs that are just very very, yeah. It is just very stereotypical kind of songs where there's just lots of gongs and stuff like that. And it is obvious that it is made by someone who is not Chinese. Yeah, but the music for you know like like I I do quite like the 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 music for for you know the theme song for for the for for this place because. It is quite nice, and it they don't do all the all the all the all the really stereotypical sounds like all the gongs and 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 all that kind of stuff. I think I think one place that our uh, that I would say has a very stereotypical um, Chinese sound mm-hmm. that they kind of overdid it a bit was the 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 song that they played at the Imperial uh, Arena, the Tavern. Yeah, the song there is just terrible, yeah. but. 
I mean, <laughs> uh, I would say that you know overall the entrance to like you know this place like he, uh going into the 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 Jade Empire itself it's yeah it's pretty nice I actually really like it and yeah and another thing that I really liked was the was the you know the presence of what do you call that dogs oh the Pekingese dogs which is really really mm. nice you see them they, they you see them everywhere so yeah I quite like this place. Did you did you get into any of the side quest stuff or anything? Uh, yeah, I did because I'm a completionist. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I did I, I did I, I did get into quite a bit of the the, the side quests, and I think, um, I mean I, I mentioned this before in in, in previous episodes, but uh, the main quest to me isn't really that 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 fascinating. The right. side quest is actually a lot more interesting than uh than than, than the main quest to me, like. Mm. For instance, there is that one part where where you have to kind of audition or kind kind of be an, uh, a theater actor and stuff, and yeah, that one was fun. That one was interesting. Uh, there were other side quests as well that were also really interesting. Uh, because you can't just like you know fight your way out or or charm your way out or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah. The, the theater one, the one with the actors and stuff, was one that when I was going through, um, after I finished playing last night, and I was going through and making like a mental checklist of side quests to go back and check out, um, that was definitely one that jumped out at me that seems like it was really interesting. That one and the one about like some dude being super drunk and belligerent and apparently from like a foreign country and they wanted you to like just go over and kick him out. And I was like, oh, that sounds like it'll be a good time. <laughs> yeah, that one was... um. I would say that 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 one was interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I'm excited to go see how that one resolves. <laughs> um, but I, I I will say as we move, so like the the first half, the first half of this episode, I definitely like agree with you, Kihun, that like the the main quest was not it, it was kind of tedious in a way. Uh, it was very much like you need to do this stuff because you, you go to Silk Fox and she's basically like, look, I'll get you into the palace to talk to the emperor and figure out why Master Lee, like, she's like, I saw Death's hand bringing Master Lee into the palace in chains. So like something's up, but if you want me to get you in, we need evidence that Death's hand is working against my father. Cause she's kind of convinced that her father is still a good guy and that Death's hand is just corrupting him. And so she wants to get some evidence on Death's Hand and the Lotus Assassins that work under him uh, to turn her father against them and basically, like, make him see the error of his ways. Um, so that that becomes, like, our preoccupation for this chapter is we have to, to figure out a way to infiltrate the Lotus Assassins and... Uh, get some info and this this part feels like very bioware you know like you have kind of two paths that you can choose and even within those paths there there are various branches that you can take based on like open palm close fist i think the arena stuff is fairly straightforward uh we can talk about that first because i think kihun you were the only one who did that stuff ken and i both went the inquisitor path but you can also do the path where you go fight in the arena Um, yeah how does how did that stuff turn out um i mean the other path was obviously a lot faster and a lot shorter to resolve. The arena, the the arena path, um, basically, um, I I I I think I took half a day to finish finish the finish finish the entire thing. Oh wow! Yeah, it, it's quite long, but I mean, and 
and if you're not someone who enjoys the whole uh, combat side of the game, which I yeah, I I think you may find it a bit tedious. But I mean, overall, um, it's basically just a whole series of like like you know fighting and it's just a whole series of fighting and combat against like uh, a couple of oppon- opponents and stuff. Um, and to be quite honest, I would say the f- majority of the fights don't really pose much of a challenge because I think at this point in time, your character is actually pretty strong. But towards the end, there are a few opponents that are a little bit more like challenging um, and really requires you to do things like, you know, dodge properly and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, I mean, if if you want to get to the if you want to get to the gist of the main uh, the main quest like a lot faster, yeah, definitely go go on the other path. But you know, the arena one is the the arena path. I would say it's it's just a lot of combat, and mm. personally, I find that quite fun to be honest. Um, um, I don't have a big issue with the combat system in in this game, and what and I mean. For me, since the story wasn't that fascinating to me, yeah, I I actually quite like uh taking this path. It's 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 a longer path, I would say, but mm. a lot of it is just fighting. Oh, and um, there is a really interesting uh uh you you get to learn a lot more about uh Black Wolverine as well, mm. which is really interesting. Mm. Like like you get to learn a little bit more about his background, and I quite like that actually. He's um. Yeah, at at one part of the at one part of the 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 arena battle, you can choose to actually fight as Black Whirlwind, which is pretty fun. He's actually pretty. He's actually pretty. Um, yeah, he's a he's a very strong guy. So uh, that was really interesting actually, and learning more about Black Whirlwind is actually really really fun. Uh. I would say that I actually enjoy taking this path more than the other, uh, the other one actually. Mm. Yeah. It sounds it sounds more interesting because I've I've found the Inquisitor path that Ken and I I, I, I think you did this as well, um because because Kihun knocked it all out of the park this week whereas mm. I was I was skidding in at the finish line <laughs> with the, with the bare minimum done this week but um. Uh, the Inquisitor path, which is, you know, we can either go impress the Lotus Assassins by being super awesome at combat in the arena and get recruited that way, or we can just kind of, like, loudly talk about how much we want to be in the Lotus Assassins in front of, <coughs> like, this this total snitch of a scholar in the garden. <laughs> and, and then they just, like, show up later and they're like, wow, you you like to yell about things that you should not be yelling about. But we're still interested in you because this is a video game. And I was like, I was like, man, the 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 reasoning for this, I understand that this is supposed to be the path that's like the non-combat, non-confrontational path and all that. But the reasoning they use to get you from point A to B to C here is wild. Because yeah, you basically just yell about how much you want to be a Lotus Assassin and like walk up to this dude and you're like, hey man heard about these lotus assassins <laughs> i promise i'm not a cop <laughs> like, yeah it's, yeah it's so yeah. bizarre like i mean like like a lot of us mentioned um at the beginning of this episode and in previous episodes like this th- this game is 
com- it's it's completely lacking in a lot of nuance actually like you're you're either really good or either really bad and yeah you're like either really smart or either really dumb there is there mm-hmm. is really there is really no in between there is no like like there is there's either no more diplomatic way to solve certain th- uh say or solve certain um quests and yeah this is just one example of it I watched The Departed earlier this week and that was all I could think about doing this quest because it was the most <laughs> I'm not a cop storyline <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it, was, it was like, I, sw- I swear to God, I just, you know, you got any Lotus Assassins on you? I promise. It's all good. I'm, I'm good for it. And and then they're like, okay, mm-hmm. meet me at the flyer, I guess. You'll know. Like, be chill, dude. And then <laughs> this Lo- Lotus Assassin dude shows up as basically like, look, uh, We've got this situation where there's a there's a dude in town. I suddenly forget his name. Um, can't help me out here. The the guy that we're trying to get rid of. Um, uh, judge, the judge or yeah. the minister. The judge. Uh, Fong. Yeah, yeah. So we got judge. We've got the judge. I'm just gonna say judge and minister. That makes it easier on me. Um, We've we've got the judge who could potentially be a problem for the Lotus Assassins, and uh, a minister who is in town with a report on the Lotus Assassins. And the minister is actually important because it's a character from Tien's Landing. It's Minister Shang, who is terrible at his job in Tien's <laughs> Landing, and he returns for a little bit of comedic relief in this one. Uh, in a way that Eric once again got into some problems <laughs> with at being accidentally close fist. So, um, the Lotus assassin is basically like, look, we can't let that report get into the judge's hands because if the judge finds out what we're up to, uh, then that's going to be a problem for all of our operations moving forward. So solve the problem. The report cannot get from the minister to the judge. And, it's at this point your character can be like well how do you want me to do that and they're like that's the test and i was like oh god not this shit (laughs) it's like the true test was how you accomplished your task no dude just it's it's a video game tell me how to get from point a to point b but at this point we lately we can just we can kill either one of them and that satisfies the requirement or we can we have one idea which is to just go to the arena to find um the judge and figure out the way that we want to tackle that uh there or we can go find the minister and uh deal with him and actually henpecked ho comes up with this incredible bizarre plan for that where he's like yo this this dude is gonna have to give him a gift because when you show up and and give somebody who you know works above you and want to like impress them or whatever he's going to want to give him a gift so let's get his gift and swap it to turtle eggs and i i'm not sure what the turtle eggs thing is like i i guess that is like just a massive insult to a person is I, is the gist i got i i, I mean personally i have no idea why turtle eggs are an insult but honestly yeah. i yeah I love Henpeck Hall. I think is I think he's super hilarious. Oh, he's great. <laughs> he's he's up to some shit already, and yeah. I love him for it. I love him. I love <laughs> him so much, and I like the fact that he's just like you know these total eggs are super rare, but I have uh-huh. them. Here you go. You can have them. Yeah. And I was like, what? Really? Okay, thanks. <laughs> he's 
He's great because he's like, not only do I have them, but I have them because they were a gift for my wife. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I want this guy. <laughs> he's he's like, by far the best <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah, like, like, he's so hilarious. I think we were talking, yeah, we were talking about this last week. It, in regards to the cave scene that we mentioned earlier in the episode too, because it was like, during that whole epic escape from the cave, he's just making jokes about his wife's cooking and stuff. And, like, he has gone full circle for me from being like, oh, okay, you know, that's that's funny. That's that's a funny bit to be like, oh, this is getting kind of tired. And now I'm like, this dude has one note that he plays, and it's fantastic. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Because <laughs> every other character is like, at this point, already Sky is like, oh, you know, you're a beautiful woman and I want to respect you, but I also think you're hot and I'm not going to not tell you you're hot because that would be disrespectful to you. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, does this ever work on anyone? How did you it have a on child? <laughs> Ken, <laughs> we're going to have to have a talk after the, the podcast recording. <laughs> just going to put a pin in that one. But uh, yeah, and, and like Dawn Star is just constantly freaking out and also at, at this point we have silk fox in our party and they do this weird thing of they decide that hey dawn star and silk fox should just hate each other like that's mm. that's the way we should just take <laughs> yeah, this relationship yeah. is like dawn star should just hate silk fox for being rich and uh silk fox should just hate dawn star for being poor and that's that's there, the dichotomy we're gonna have there was one line where she I, I don't remember what I, don't, I can't remember like the lead into it, but um, she said, uh, "Apologies to anyone here who is actually homeless." Don Star and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's, uh, it's so bizarre. Well, I mean, you can't uh, you can't have two women in your party if they don't hate each other. You know, you they got to be competing for your affection. So right, right. We've got the two women in our party. I guess not counting our main character, and and yeah. so now they they have to compete with each other. Meanwhile, Henpeck Toe is just like my wife, and I'm like, dude, you rule. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> oh, can I, I? I feel like I need to give a shout out to my favorite of the companions, though, which is Black Whirlwind. Which um, oh, Black Whirlwind's amazing. Yes, also great. <laughs> and um, his whole quest line with the arena is the reason I did the arena quest when I played this. Um, just because, mm-hmm. yeah, that love that guy. Um, if he, and it's weird because he feels in a way um like Proto Rex, like in uh, Mass Effect, like that sort of mm. guy oh, who I has who has his own mission and. He's just sort of with you out of convenience. Like he's like, yeah, okay, I'll stick around, kid. But you know, as soon as I'm ready, I'm out of here. And like, just it is just sheerly like, we it would be easier if we just killed these people. And um, and yeah, like he's he's just like a lot of fun. And um, and uh, yeah, just like I think it's it's like the Bioware curses. Like the two starting characters are always the most vanilla and the and almost always the most boring. And then they introduce all these like, and then they're like, right now we can make all the interesting characters. And it's like, why, mm-hmm. why don't you just start as with the, the, these better people? <laughs> why do you like always insist on the vanilla? They they've got to have the one character. First of all, they have to have the two characters who cannot die, so you can always have a full party. And then you have to have the characters who are your angel and your devil on your shoulder, who can represent the binary choice of good yep. slash evil in every situation oh it's like we're playing mass effect one all over again mm. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i initially i did the turtle eggs thing which is 
a fantastic storyline because you you go to meet up with Minister Shang and he's like, "Oh man, what's up? You know, it's it's my dude that that fixed the dam and all that in Tien's Landing." And you're like, "Yeah, what's up? How's it going? What you got there?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's it's a treasure for this dude I'm going to meet later, this judge." And you're like, "Oh man, you look like you haven't slept in a while." why don't you take a nap and dismiss all your guards and I'll just watch it for you. He's like, yeah, awesome. I'll go do that. And you just swap it. And the judge shows up and gets really pissed off about the turtle eggs, like condemns the minister to like another two decades in Tien's landing as like punishment and just storms out. And, and Shang's like, I can't believe you did this to me. And I was just like, whatever. But then it, it popped up and it was like, oh, you got closed fist points. And I was like, what? No, damn it. So I, I reloaded, even though I thought that was hilarious. But um, <laughs> finally, a closed fist option that is not just, well, and then I murdered somebody. Uh, <laughs> um, just ruined their life. But I will say that the open palm way of resolving this quest is also kind of messed up in a way that made me question why the other one was closed fist because i guess the other one was like very much that idea of acting in your own selfish interest and to the detriment of the minister but when we do open palm we go to the arena and we start asking around about the minister and we can eventually find uh this this courtesan that works there named gentle breeze um and she's like hey don't don't try hit well i assume that if you were a male character she's like don't try hit nami i'm on the clock or whatever mm-hmm. since i was a female character like she was immediately like hey i don't do lady clients and also i'm on the clock and i was like okay calm down like i'm just i'm asking around jesus mm-hmm. but um you quickly find out that she's like the courtesan of choice of this judge and you can then she's basically like look if you want to murder this dude let's do this let's do this thing i'm sick of this guy let's get rid of him you get the you get the the sense that he has some unusual desires in the bedroom and she's not wild about that and she's really sick of it and she just wants to see him gone but then you can also concoct a plan where she like blindfolds him and takes his imperial ring and then you blackmail him with it and get him to sign a a letter of resignation which is the passive non-killing person way of doing this and i guess is also not being a dick to the minister from tn's landing but also you kind of have to talk this courtesan into doing a thing that she doesn't really want to do and it's like heavily implied that it's extremely unpleasant for her and Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, mm, I I don't I didn't I was not wild about this. Maybe this is the first time that Bioware finally was like, "Hey, we found a morally gray area where you did the thing that yeah, that's open palm. You know, you tried to not murder anybody, but also you did a thing that would still be considered ethnically repugnant in some ways." <laughs> I, Jin, I, I don't know. Jin, Ken, Jin, how did you feel about? Or, sorry, I was just gonna say like I think that the weirdest thing about all of these sort of choices is like if you just take away the framing of open palm and closed fist 
it becomes much better. Like, it's not like yeah. these choices mm-hmm. are yeah. suddenly morally good. It's just that suddenly the game is not com- offering a comment on them that is really troubling. Because the problem right. isn't that the game... Well, the problem isn't necessary that the game gives you this choice, right? Is that it's literally going, and now you've got good points. And it's right. like, uh, why? Yeah. It's asserting its own value system onto something that is not always something that you can agree with and you know um my my general feeling was like yeah i felt like super not great about it It, like and i actually didn't hit the um the charm or intimidate or i didn't try to intimidate her into this but like i didn't hit the charm uh requirement because like they're like i looked it up and like it's even relative to the point in the game isn't it's very high and like that oh that is i I nailed that mm, one but well Maybe I also just... filled my amulet. My my amulet slots are all the highest charm ones that I can have because that's just that's what I'm playing. So yeah, that's, that's probably one. Um, so I I do have so a question I, about how um, yeah. I, how how charm and intuition and intimidation work. So is it is it like a point system where you're like if you don't hit the points then you kind of fail or is it kind of like a percentage thing so you can just keep like reloading reloading so that you know in the off chance you can kind of hit and you know, succeed in the in the charm or intuition or intimidation. Um, it's uh, it's tied to your stats, like your um, like okay, it, so it okay. But it's you not have... the Fallout. It's not the Fallout system where it's ah uh, like, uh, I see, I see, is, I see. Yeah, yeah. it's so like its own stat, but it's also tied to like your combat stats. Like so, if you have like higher body, you have higher intimidation. But uh... intimidation is also its own separate stat that like you can add points to through uh, the uh. Amulet. Whatever that, whatever the, the amulet, that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. I see. It's, I see, it's I see. weird. It's weird mm. that it's basically like a thing you have to clear, and it's also a separate meter. Like it is tied to your stats. Like Ken mentioned, it's also tied to other things that you put on. But unlike, unlike later Bioware games where this stuff would maybe be like a Paragon Renegade skill check or or a charm like Charm Intimidate was its own stat in Mass Effect. Instead, it's like, it's it's tied to your stats and it's tied to your items, and then it's just, do you clear the bar or not? Um, do you have enough points to to pull off this charm successfully? So yeah, it's it's not Fallout or at least Fallout three or four, where if you just have the right number, uh, it's still like a dice roll, and you just have a better dice roll. It is just a, it's a Fallout New Vegas where you just have to clear the number required, and you're good. Mm, okay, okay, um, I see. But it also, unlike Fallout New Vegas, does not make those numbers apparent. It does not like tell you that you're going to fail when you mm. do them. So yeah. Like, and I actually don't. And maybe this is just because I've been thinking a lot about Fallout New Vegas recently. But I I'm not wild about that because while I do like that you can fail and and get like funny things about it when you fail, which I think is one of the most important parts of an RPG is if you fail a dice roll, there should be a funny outcome. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, it's, I I actually don't know how to check how high my charm is. And uh, I, you, it's, mm, it's probably like you, in a menu somewhere that I just have not found yet. Yeah. There's but, like, it's like conversation stats or something like that. Like there's a, 
definite like phrase and button prompt that you can go to check it specifically. Also, um, we've not really talked about this at all yet, I think, but some of the menus in this game are just freaking impossible to navigate. The map mm. in particular is a nightmare, and I try to avoid using it whenever possible because it makes no sense to me. Mm. Yeah. But, hey, look, it, you know, was made in a very different era, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, to kind of like wrap up the gentle breathes, I felt like, yeah, I felt shitty about it, but it was also like, I felt happy that I went that route in the end, because like, there are all these other ways, there are all the other ways that you can kind of solve this issue and that judge still be in power, but if you do this, he is out of power, and so like, maybe like, yeah, not only will it help gentle breathes, it can help like other women and sex workers that uh, might have had to deal with him in other scenarios. Um, that's yeah. That's fair, that's fair. I can see that that open palm outcome, um, the, the reasoning there, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, also, I just didn't get to do anything with the turtle eggs then. That bummed me <laughs> out. You get, you get to keep them for yourself. Hempex, yeah, he's he's gonna go give them to his wife. <laughs> um, so so at this point now having completed either one we can complete both of them if we want and and the game even like make sure to let us know that like hey you could go do both of these if you want um but we can now uh talk to our respective recruiter our our local army recruiter as it were <laughs> and and get our invitation to the necropolis which is where the super secret lotus assassin base with giant signs leading you to it are <laughs> is located um it's a surprise the secret base is located in the one area you're not allowed to go in the city like yeah who could have foreseen this and then and once you get to the area there are giant signs that they all have like different they don't they don't tell you explicitly what they are but one is like just a chill house and the other two are just like tombs and then one's a giant red tower and you're like huh a giant red tower that seems like the objective <laughs> um but yeah, so this this is the point where I wanted to bring up the romance stuff because at this point I've had this will be my second conversation with Silk Fox, who was in my party throughout this entire chapter, um, and I the first conversation is very much just kind of getting to know her and what her life was like and stuff like that. You can kind of intimate, you know, like oh you're cool, I like you, you're neat, and then in the second conversation. It, you know y'all should maybe look this up on the wiki sometime I, I feel like especially if you are a female character in the situation it is just do not trip over the minds on the minefield of trying to get through this conversation and not say the wrong things to just suddenly turn it into you're not on the romance path anymore yeah <laughs> as as a club like because the the whole sort of point is like it's this balancing act because they she keeps saying that she wants people to give her honest opinions like it's like i want people mm -hmm. to be honest that's why i want away from the trappings of real life but if you're too honest and you're too blunt mm -hmm. at times then that kills it and it's like mm -hmm. you're going to find this delicate balance where you're quite flattering but not too flattering and 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 quite honest but not too honest and it's like and 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 the way that they the way that they sort of, and it's and it's not and then that on its face isn't so bad but sort of what the game arbitrarily assigns to like what's too honest and what's too complimentary is sometimes like oh okay um yeah it's is oh my god yeah this is not easy at all to navigate and you can sort of i sort of do appreciate in later buyer games where here's the hard option just just mm -hmm. go with it like <laughs> 
look we we know what you're trying to do here just just smack the heart button okay we we all know what's going on right now um but yeah when, when you mentioned earlier like the idea that maybe they're trying to like bury this under dialogue options and stuff because it could be seen as controversial for the time and all that it's like i i feel more like they just had a million different ways for you like almost like this is a thing that oh if players really care about this stuff they want to find it but at the same time it just feels it's layered with two different things because like i mentioned before you can do an open palm like you can kind of keep her on the path of open palm and tradition and keeping with kind of the princess leon side of her or you can try and lead her down the dark path and and like it's it's light side dark side if you've played kotor um which i have not actually played kotor but i am familiar that there's a romance option in that game uh where there's kind of a light side dark side option with it and this seems very much the same thing where you can be like you should reject tradition and be super badass screw being a princess just do evil stuff with me and that's all tied into the romance stuff that you're like flipping to so that's all to say like i don't i don't even know if it's just that it feels obscured or that there's just so much going on in one single dialogue (laughs) option that you're trying to just tumble through and like also all of this is to also say these conversations only happen if you make them happen you have to stop and talk to your follower Mm -hmm. at certain points throughout this mission um and and can i assume it's the same for for sky Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, the, well, granted, like, the establishing the romance, the whole, like, having the conversation, like, why aren't you, why aren't you trying to get with the woman, that you had to initiate, when I actually got through the necropolis, there was a point where he, like, stopped me, and was like, hey, we should talk, like, talk about us at some point after all this is done, and that was kind of, like, the point where you had the option to either establish it, or, mm-hmm. like, oh, I s- suddenly stumbled into all of these things on accident, which would be a, an incredible <laughs> feat if somebody managed to stumble into this on accident, considering all the things you have to do to get to it. But, uh, yeah, so there was that conversation here at the Necropolis that is kind of like your last... I, don't, I mean, not your last chance to break things off, but, like, it is your chance to break things off. Uh, Kihun, I'm kind of interested. So where is your romance stuff at? Because um, you mentioned earlier that you were having trouble with getting the Silk Fox stuff started. It sounded like you did not manage to initiate that stuff by the time we got to the Necropolis and you hit the kind of point of no return of like, Hey, you have cleared the romance bar. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, I, I, I have a feeling that I, I, I kind of screwed up the, the whole uh, romance thing with Silk Fox because, uh, mm-hmm. like, like we were talking about throughout the episode. It's, it, it, it is kind of difficult to, to, to nail the whole romance thing with her, which to a certain extent I kind of appreciate because I mean, romancing someone in real life isn't easy either. But mm. yeah, I figured that at the beginning, um, yeah, it, when when I when I felt my first uh 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 like like dialogue check or something like that, um, yeah, I figured that oh this is not gonna work out. So yeah, I'm done. And and I don't think I actually gotten I've actually gotten very far with the whole uh yeah romance thing. The alternative though is, I mean at this point of time. It looks like the only other alternative I would have is Dawn Stau, and I find her really boring. And <laughs> and and the dialogue option that you have with um, Silk Fox 
and Dawnstar is like, you know, if, if you're not going to choose Silk Fox, it's as if the the game is trying to, like, nudge you towards, uh, towards Dawnstar. And the dialogue options are incredibly, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but unimaginative. So it's like, mm. oh, uh, like, if you, if you talk to Dawnstar, and, you know, you, and she talks about, you know, being suspicious of Silk Fox and stuff like that. Your only dialogue option is, oh, you're jealous of her, or, oh, she's jealous of you. Like, you know, there is no in-between. <laughs> so, like, when, when I was talking to Dawnstar, because I was very certain that I do not want to be in a, you know, romance with her, like, because I'm just not interested, right? So I, I did, I tried my best to choose the, the most, um, the safest, the, the most, I would say, like, like to put it, to put it bluntly, like the most friend zone option, <laughs> and it and it's surprisingly tough. Like everything I said, she'll be like, "Oh, I guess, I guess that's why you say it. you're so nice, and I really appreciate that you're so nice and you've grown closer." And I was like, "What? No, <laughs> I don't want to be closer to you." <laughs> yeah, it, it it kind of feels like you know if you're not choosing Silk Fox, you have to choose Dawnstar. And I was like, "No, I mean, if I'm not going to be in a relationship with anybody in this in this game, then I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody. Like, just leave me alone." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to save the world. This is like Ken playing through Mass Effect one all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but for Stop. real though. Um. Yeah. And, and Sam, maybe you can speak this a little bit as well. But like, I hearing all the other options, all the other paths I could have walked down in life. I, the Silk Fox stuff is at least somewhat interesting in that she's this character that's like, okay, you know, she's. It's not the most original story in the world, you know, princess wants to live a life that's not just being a princess and all that, but um, I found the fact that I did have to tiptoe around stuff a little bit, a, a little bit more interesting than just kind of, you know, having it be the situation like Kihun just described where it's like, okay, well, you want to say the thing that's going to make this person happy and like you or be a dick to this person and turn them down immediately. Um, but but how did you kind of feel about the the Silk Fox like the beginnings of the Silk Fox romance here? SM, I mean, at the time it was like amazing to me that like this existed and like it was like mm-hmm. I say it was this little gem I was clutching. I was like, oh my god, there's like this game with a queer romance. This is like whoa, like don't let, you know like hiding you know hiding the TV like I was watching the most illicit thing and it's just like no. <laughs> um it's just this old i mean there's nothing even salacious there's no you know it's just uh, i the, the fact that i tried to hide this at the time was just hilarious but um i think the thing that, that frustrates me about it when i look back on it now and you know revisit those conversations is um it's just dramatically so frustrating because what needs to happen here really for these the for the player character and her character is that you need to be honest with her in a way that she's not expecting. Like where you you basically do tell her like, yeah, you like re- regardless of how much you slum it, you're like you're you're still gonna be royalty and you've still had your privilege and you need to accept that. And that causes her to grow. And but what dramatically would need to happen there is that she would have to be like put off, right? She would have to be like, Oh well fuck you then but then after she's cooled and she's simmered a bit, she might be like, oh, well, you know what? You've kind of got a point. And I took me, it took me a bit of soul searching to realize that. And actually, you know, you're right. I'm going to grow as a person. I'm going to accept that we have we have differences and I have this privilege. And, you know, I can't just pretend that I don't. And um, but you but the game can't let that happen, because if the game tell if the game has a moment where she says, I 
how dare you then you as you would assume as the player that that is you've made the wrong choice to lead down a romance and therefore you would either reload or you would just like you would give up or something it, like the, what needs to happen here organically just doesn't mesh well with the systems and the mm. way that they want to broadcast romance um like because mm. what you need is that you need the subtlety in these two characters like they, they, you know like i mean basically i mean you're basically talking about the han solo and princess leia thing like that's what you're talking about but they can't have the yeah, in between yeah. beats of them actually being at odds and pushing them to each grow because if they did that the player might assume that they've made the wrong choice so what you have is a sort of weird flat line of just like oh i guess I guess we we I, I, I guess we like like each other. I guess you better not say you better all, at all times say the most perfect pleasing thing to get me to like you, and then I guess that's a romance. And um and I guess that's the the the, the good thing about the um the the love heart button and like Inquisition and stuff is that by broadcasting the romances, it means that they can like you they can say to the player, hey what's happening on the cutscene and dialogue may be fraught and there may be a disagreement between these two characters but you you are we have broadcasted you and let you know that this is nonetheless the romance you know root with this character so they can you know they can gender a bit of faith from from the player but in in here because they don't have any systems to prop that up it's like theoretically there's this interesting dynamic between these two characters you know as opposed to with dawn star which is like sh- your childhood best friend that who, who she's just so fawning over you it's like so not mm-hmm. an interesting romance it's mm-hmm. like uh, like it's like it's so weird and uncomfortable and especially with the whole thing of you being propped up as the special chosen one and all this stuff it's like a really weird dynamic there and with so fox theoretically there's this more interesting like you know like there, there's conflict and that's you know that's the root of good storytelling is you have these you know you have mm-hmm. these you know this hot and cold thing and like that's potentially more interesting but because they can't really do it what the and and it's frustrating because she will say to you it's like I, I i'm doing this so i can hear an honest answer and i like you because you tell me you don't you don't like do you don't do all the court stuff you're honest with me but as soon as you're too honest with her she's just like i hate you and i'm not going to like be your friend or romance you anymore and it's it is so delicate the fine line which i guess is like you could you could read as like true but it but it becomes this thing of like like these characters can't grow and this you know they they're not actually they're not like there's 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 no growth here between the, you the player character or her character so it's just like yeah it's just this weirdly like flat romance with all this weird tension around it because if at the, any given moment you could say the wrong thing and then it's done and it's just yeah really weird and awkward it's maybe weirder because i mean and and ken and sam feel free to correct me here but um this is like from what i understand this is the section of the game where we basically have to like flip the switch and say like i am doing this romance and then it's Mm. going to kind of play out on rails from here on out um from what i understand i think there's there's not i think there's maybe i think like there's a moment later on where you can you can still sort of like turn things down i think if you want but but pretty much but I think after this like there is pretty much there's almost no way to mess it up basically, it's like yeah you're sort of locked in as it were. Um, right there's yeah. there's no like quest you can miss or like right. extra steps you need to do like this is just kind of on its you know it's it is set on its course now. Right yeah For, like the 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 best equivalent I can think of is like we are 
Because, like, a- after the Imperial City, the game, like, very much mainlines. There, like, there's no more side quests. It's all, like, a very linear, uh, like, a lot of forward momentum, like, basically barreling towards the end. Um, so, like, we are kind of, like, headed towards what is the equivalent of, like, leaving for Ilos in Mass Effect 1, where, like, you have established it, and it is what the game is going to recognize throughout the end, unless you do, like, maybe do the, uh, like, the choice at some point where you can break things off. But in terms of establishing something, this is it. Like, you got to establish it before you leave the city. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Well, so that's... This is also a good segue, because the other thing that we've not really talked about up to this point is that not only have Dawnstar and Silk Fox been kind of bickering in our party, but Silk Fox and Sagacious Zoo and Dawnstar have all been bickering <laughs> in our party. And we have not talked much about Sagacious Zoo this episode, because he's kind of a weird wrinkle in this episode. He... um for for large parts of the first half he's just like man don't be infiltrating the lotus assassins i used to be one of them it's a bad idea we should just not do any of this we should just peace out and leave um and then right around the time that we get our our magic ticket to get into the lotus assassin headquarters he just takes off he's just like you know what like (laughs) I had to rewatch the cutscene just to make sure it wasn't like a bug or something because he just kind of starts he kind of just starts walking away as everyone is talking about completely different things and then I I thought he was just like oh maybe you know what that was just a, a one of the people that's walking around ambiently in you know the city and all that and they just got stuck in the cutscene or whatever and they just got put back on their path and then they were all like yeah what do you think sagacious zoo and they look over and there's just no one there and they're like sagacious zoo where'd you go i was like oh my god did he really just like not say anything and just kind of walk away (laughs) just wander off um did did someone piss him off or something i I can't quite remember why what triggered him to to, to walk off actually for for me it was literally just i got the ticket from the inquisitor or whatever um and then as we were all talking about like this is great we'll finally be able to get into the palace and solve the mystery and do all this stuff he just literally started walking away and (laughs) i was like okay that's i mean it's framed like he he's the whole time he's been like warning us about like infiltrating the lotus assassins like for whatever our reasons might be it's like that's not a path that anyone leaves cleanly um which I mean, <laughs> uh, so my like my understanding of the scene was that he, he was leaving because he wants to like they imply at this point like maybe he's going to betray us, maybe he is trying to like mm-hmm. find a way to to stop us from getting there or um yeah so like that was my reading of the scene I thought that was my understanding especially considering what's coming up later with him yeah and and I bring that up because at this point as we're going through the necropolis fighting various ghosts and such uh we get to the lotus assassin secret entrance headquarters and we see sagacious zoo sneaking in there and we're like oh man what's going on there and if we have i had silk fox with me and silk fox is like see i told you sagacious zoo's up to some some stuff you can't like trust him at all you should just trust me and i was like okay calm down like look i know we just like set up a romance and all that but you're kind of like overstepping a little bit this (laughs) this dude's all right (laughs) but uh yeah so put a pin in that i guess because we're about to head into the imperial not the imperial um the lotus assassin headquarters through the super secret trap door that by the way 
it's super annoying because for some reason to enter it it's like a dialogue option but you have to watch mm-hmm. all of the stairs yep. descend before you can go down it and i saw that cutscene multiple times and was just like man they really did make you wait until all the stairs get set up before you can hit the dialogue option again weird thing that just stuck in my brain here um but we head inside and we meet the watcher and i'm just gonna be honest like we've talked up to this point about how the main quest has not really grabbed me about how the stuff that we've been doing is not exactly exciting this whole section owned i Mm. i personally loved this bullshit (laughs) this was it was some bullshit to be clear uh it was maybe some of the silliest stuff i've ever done in a bioware game but it did kind of own because (laughs) this is basically one giant hitman level like Mm. you are kind of just agent 47 like doing various infiltrating and I feel like the intent is that you're supposed to get the idea of what these Lotus assassins are and that they're they're very like they're devoted to their cause and they they serve the emperor and at this point like uh we go inside and we're set up to be this new acolyte in training and that's when sagacious zoo kind of runs into us again and is like hey i'm just gonna be the dude that's like sneaking around and i'm gonna pop up every now and then and say some ominous stuff and try to guide you on a path through this place so you can get to where you need to get to to get the info you need about death's hand because that's why you're here um but also like you should be here and leave (laughs) (laughs) um but you just kind of go through these escalating challenges of what you have to do to prove yourself as this acolyte in training and they're supposed to be super evil and super dangerous and all that instead they're like the most cartoonish like just (laughs) the dumbest shit happens in this place like okay so the we fight some random acolytes that are just like yo man they're making clay golems down here and they're all they're all gonna replace us you know shout outs to the workers getting replaced by automation it's happening in jade empire too um and they're like we can't have new new people trying to impress stuff and, and ruining our spots and still having a job so we're gonna fight you now so you just kill two acolytes just casually <laughs> and they're like oh fine we'll be back and then you just go start helping out this completely incompetent dude um gong who's who's just god he sucks he's the worst and his boss sucks too and you're kind of just playing a mixture of appease the boss and move up the corporate hierarchy, but you're doing it by doing murder. But finally the game decides to not judge you for all the murder that you're doing. And so you just get to kind of have fun in this dumb dungeon. I don't know. Am I can am I weird for feeling like this was just a really stupid, fun stretch of video game? Did you feel this way at all? How'd you, how'd you feel about this, this Lotus assassin dungeon? Uh, I, I think it is one of the more interesting, uh, it, 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 it almost is like a like a Novaria section like where like you are I mean yes mm. there's combat but like you are doing things sort of like espionage and like you know in that way I think it's interesting like that it was this like hub area that you were kind of having to learn the ins and outs of and mm-hmm. the means by which you would sabotage it and interfere with it even though like it is like you are told that you're in danger repeatedly by Sagesh who's somehow getting around here without being detected 
Um, there was even a point where you can ask him, I actually didn't get to ask because I didn't expect the, the conversation to end with the dialogue option I chose. But did he ever explain why he was able to just walk around and nobody said a word to him? They're like, there are parts where he appears in in a cutscene or whatever, and you kind of hear like some panels or some rocks moving. And I think the intent there is that there are secret tunnels in the Lotus Assassin headquarters that he knows about that maybe other people would not readily know mm-hmm. about. But at the same time, it's just like, you'll be walking around. Like, the, the one that got me was I was coming, I, I was going into the, the Soul Extractor, which is that was the first sort of task I did for, for Gong, which was go over to the Soul Extractor and you have to get this uh, Soul Shard because you find out the way they make clay golems, which are these giant soldiers that Death's Hand is making that could, like, take over an empire. Um, they, they make giant soldiers out of clay and then they put a soul shard in them by killing someone very painfully and that creates a soul shard um so you have to go over there and get a soul shard and sagacious zoo turns up to tell you like hey instead of just murdering a prisoner or whatever you should go down to the lowest level of the mines and desecrate this dude's gravesite because he's super angry and pissed and his social soul shard will make the the clay golem go crazy and, and fight everybody and stuff but when he shows up to tell you this he just like walks out from behind a pillar and <laughs> mm. i was just like dude were you hanging out back there the whole time like are you just is everyone in this headquarters so incompetent that they're just like oh man that dude's just standing behind a pillar trying to look inconspicuous i'm not gonna look at that at all i'm not worried about that whatever um yeah i i I don't know i I don't think they ever talk about it i know you can talk to the archive person about a rogue lotus assassin who you gradually figure out is sagacious zoo and you can kind of learn his backstory a little bit there but yeah yeah it's weird it's a weird part of this kihun what did what did you kind of think of this whole area and this this setup um i think like like i mean like 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 you mentioned like you mentioned uh earlier um, I I think this I think this whole area is pretty interesting, but like like I said, a lot of a lot of the a, a lot of the a lot of the goons that you meet here, they, it, it really it really kind of just plays to the whole idea that there there really is not much nuance in in the way the characters are uh, are being developed, and being portrayed, um, in this mm. game is essential essentially, yeah that's that's. That's that's essentially what what why I think about this whole area. But I, I do think that this this place was pretty was uh, was was pretty fun in that sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's just kind of silly. I don't, I don't know how else to, <laughs> how else to put it. Like so we we work with Gong and and he's this dude that wants to move up, so we have to come up with this plan to kill his boss. But there's like a rule that murder is not allowed. But if you do a murder that kind of could be construed to be an accident, then murder is okay. Because if they died from an accident, you know, if you die from an oopsie, then then you're just like, fine, it's it's cool. And they're like, oh, they were probably weak and didn't deserve to be a Lotus assassin. So so that murder is okay. And so, God, I, there there are two parts of this that got to me. The the first one was you can become the trainer for all the other acolytes by beating the current trainer in combat. 
and she's like you know i didn't want to be the trainer anyways like you take it go for it you're probably gonna die because they're secret lotus assassins in gong's outfit that are meant to be there to beat up any acolytes he has with potential because his boss doesn't want gong getting too powerful so uh yeah that's a thing (laughs) and you end up just gradually challenging all of his acolytes to one-on-one combat and killing them one by one in one-on-one combat until there are just none left and it's it was just the dumbest thing of i i fought a person and killed them in training and walked back downstairs and this dude was like oh i can't believe you you killed that person while you were training with them but that won't happen to me and then you go back upstairs and fight them and do the exact same thing and then go back downstairs and and now there's two left when there were four and they're like well that won't happen to us either let's go train <laughs> like i'm like just the juxtaposition here, like between like the very dire setting and just the silliness silliness of it all really sticks out there, to me now that you're talking about it like now that just hearing these things spoken out loud it's like when you're like oh this is all it's ridiculous like and then you you go down to get the secret soul shard and the person is like wait a minute that soul shard is is messed up you can't have that we should fight now and then you kill them and everybody's like oh man they they died that's wild and oh my god so after this you have to come up with a way to kill gong's boss who is you know it has to look accidental so your character's like i got it i'll make it look like they were inside the golem press that makes the clay golems and they got pressed real hard and that's something that would happen that would look like an accident so you bribe a bunch of people and convince people to not be in the room because apparently you have to kill him in another room and drag the corpse all the way to the golem factory and that would be suspicious if anyone saw it so you have to come up with reasons for everyone to not be in that room as you drag the corpse through but and one of the reasons one of the ways you get people out of there is there's like two acolytes and a sorcerer hanging out and the sorcerer's like yo check out this sick new trick i learned (laughs) and he does some magic stuff and it lights the other two on fire and the sorcerer's like oh no i fucked up you should kill these guys and then you beat them to death and then he's like oh man don't tell anyone about this and runs away and that's how you get those people out of the room is just this shit that's like that's a that's a fucking thursday for these guys man that's i feel like i feel like the 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 sort of the big bit of information that you get here is is more or less like confirmation that no silk fox's um father is definitely in charge of all this um, but I feel like they don't have to give you that information at any point because I feel like if you played through this and thought that these people could in any way be in charge of anything, then yes. like, there, there's, there's no way you would come away from this like, oh yeah, they're the masterminds. You would be like, God, they, these people are idiots. I can't wait to find out who's really in charge. These Scooby-Doo-ass villains over here, like just, oh my God. Like, it it felt like a Hitman mission, the way that they're like, the the tweet that was going around when Hitman 3 came up, and it was like, oh, here's this hedge fund manager who loves to walk across a trapeze over a bunch of hungry lions, but it looks like the lion tamer hasn't shown up today, and he looks a lot like you, Agent 47. It's it's that level of setup and punchline where, yeah, I just... This is why they're making clay golems because these people are too stupid to get anything done. And I did, I did, it kind of reminded me of like uh, how someone was saying that um, I think some someone was saying that 
um, hitman. You know, I mean, it's it's not set up to be a comedy, but in many ways, a lot of the things that you do are are pretty comedic. Or the way that、mm-hmm. the situation is played out, a lot of it is just really, really comedic, intentionally or not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I wrote a thing for、uh, shoutouts to Fanbyte、uh, ah. right before Hitman Three came out. That was about like the comedy of Hitman and how everything is a punchline in that game. And this felt the same way, where it's just like it's built up throughout this whole chapter that the Lotus Assassin Fortress is this secret fortress filled with deadly assassins that are just masterminds. And Sagacious Zoo throughout the whole time is like, "Be careful, you might lose yourself down here, and they'll kill you if they find out and stuff like that." And I'm down here, and the sorcerer's just lighting dudes on fire. Is like, oh shit, man! Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> and these other dudes, oh my god, the the golem mechanics who are like, nah, don't. I'm not gonna leave this room. You can't tell me what to do. I'm better than you, acolytes. You know, the only reason I'd leave this room is if somebody spilled a bunch of phoenix oil in the gears. That'd be wild if that happened. But that's such a specific thing, <laughs> phoenix oil in the gears. How would that ever happen? And you just walk over to the merchant who's like five feet away, and you're like, "Yo, man, you got any phoenix oil?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, man, I got a giant cask right here. You just have it. Just take it. You go for it." And you dump it in the gears. You walk back up, and you're like, "Oh man, somebody dumped Phoenix oil in the gears." And they're like, "Ah,、oh, damn it! The thing that the only reason I would have to leave this room, I have to go do this now." And oh my god! But there are there are a lot of <gasps> there are a lot of quests. Um, generally in, I mean, not just in this part, but generally in the whole uh the whole game, that like like they make you think that you have to go through like. Uh, uh, like you, they make you think that you have to go through a lot of um, a lot of things to solve a certain puzzle or solve a certain quest. But a lot of times, the answers are just like right there, like kind of like、mm-hmm. kind of like the whole total egg thing. Like you, like the the whole like like when you were thinking about how you're going to get rid of the judge and stuff, and suddenly, um, yeah, you were just given a total egg. Like oh, here it is. I have it here. That kind of stuff. It's、mm-hmm. it's just all very awfully convenient in that sense. Right. But it's also、yeah. hilarious. Like, yes, it's just, but it's also hilarious. I don't even know if it was intended to be funny. Like there are definitely parts of this game where you can tell they were trying to be funny. They were trying to to do a joke. But this whole, again, this whole Lotus Assassin part up to the point where we finally kill this dude and then drag his body all the <laughs> way to the Golem Press and then press him in the Golem Press and and just take off is just. Goofy as hell, and I, so I wasn't sure about this. It felt like they were heavily intimating that you could also kill Gong in this section, like you could take him out as well. But I wasn't a hundred percent sure because they kept being like, "Hey man, if you're gonna take out Gong's boss, you should also take him out too." And then everybody would move up two steps instead of one. But I. Ken, is there a way to do that? Do you know? Is that is that possible? I don't know. I don't know offhand, but it also like just because what you're trying to accomplish is, is getting Gong to take you to Jia, so I don't、mm-hmm. know how that would help you. I think people probably say that like assuming that you are part of Lotus Assassins, that you are trying to like actually climb the ladder. Because I remember there were some points where like, oh, like maybe if, what if we teamed up to do this as well? And then you can be like, cool, man, we'll get around to that, and that's just a way of like getting them away from where you right, actually need to、right. get your. Because remember, it was a guy at the Golem Press, I think, that said that first. That said something、yeah. along those lines. And you have、uh, to convince him that taking Gong out would be good for him, like politically, to、right. move up a step. Because he doesn't want to be where he is. 
he he wants to be over in the soul extractor and all that but he you know he's stuck in the golem press so yeah <laughs> you know just like everyday life in the lotus assassin headquarters <laughs> <laughs> um after we after we get through our hitman level of a dungeon, uh, we finally get to meet Grand Inquisitor Gia, Grand Inquisitor, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. Uh. Who immediately? First of all, well, you, well, well, you, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta talk about the thing that Sagacious Zoo tells us before we go in. Oh, thank you, thank you. I would have, I would have went right over that. Um. Yeah. So this is the part where i realized i think i missed something because sagacious zoo stops us one last time you know he's been talking to us throughout this mission just kind of sneaking around and there there's even one scene in the golem press area where he like whispers in your ear and you turn around and he's gone which is also just fantastic you know no no it's great great scene really bizarre in some ways but whatever also your follower is right behind you in that scene so like they saw sagacious zoo and just didn't say shit and and when you turn around and you're like where did that come from i guess your follower just didn't want to give you the assist and was like oh man this 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 is embarrassing i'm not i'm just not i'm staying out of this (laughs) This whole area, I did not want to be a part of this. Did you see that sorcerer? He just lit dudes on fire, and that was how we got through here. Whatever. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, Zeus stops us one last time, and we finally get the reason for why he was in Twin Rivers at the beginning of the game. He was... After the the situation that happened back at the Spirit Monk Abbey and and kind of the you know the the killing of all the Spirit Monks, um, Lotus Assassins were sent out to kill um, Master Lee's wife and child. Um, you know, take them out of the picture after Lee ran off, and sagacious zoo reveals that he is he was one of those assassins who was sent to take them out um i had pissed him off because i was trying to do the silk fox thing so i sided with silk fox in a random discussion that happened Mm. when i reloaded also in this game for some reason when you reload saves or like load back saves that are near the flyer it will sometimes just put you or if you walk back to the flyer area, it will put you into a random conversation between all the different characters in your party and stuff. And I'm assuming that's supposed to be like, that's supposed to encourage you to want to go back to the campfire frequently between like plot, dis- plot developments and stuff. But one of those was a disagreement between Sagacious Zoo and Silk Fox. And I was given just like, do you want to side with Zoo or do you want to side with Silk Fox? And I did that. And apparently that flips a thing that means that i did not get all of the information that happened that got revealed here so ken Mm. i i know that i know that even if you did not get all that you probably got you you know of the stuff here so what what all do we learn from zoo if we do not you know spike down his hopes earlier in the episode uh he just explains like like he said that he was one of the people that was uh meant to kill master lee's family um, and later it is speculated between you and Domstar that that might have been why he was hanging out around school and, like, on the outskirts of that, like, looking for some means to atone, um, mm-hmm. and that was probably why he followed us around as long as he did, um, 
So, yeah. I Does he... Okay, the thing I thought he also mentioned was that some a person might still be alive was the thing that I thought I'd missed out on. Was apparently if you, like, tick the right boxes here, he will mention that one of the people who assassins were sent after might still be alive. He did not say that specifically to me. Okay. Unless I was, I, like, was not... That I, lear- I learned that that rings I learned a bell. this because yeah I learned this because I was trying to find uh, again it was like a Silk Fox thing and in the guide it was like hey you're not going to learn this from Zoo later if you if you do this option so um, I was like oh hey I might have missed that so little nugget to put away that's that's all there was to it that's all that's all I'm aware of of it is that he mentions that uh one of the people that assassins were sent after might still be alive so uh, I, I, that, I'm, that the hit was not carried out sorry sorry so I, i'm just guessing that because when i was playing when i was playing this game uh when i was playing this game and also because um I, i'm basically just trying to rush through and try to finish the chapter um mm-hmm. I, I i'm gonna, kind of guessing that at at um specific points during your playthrough you kind of have to go back to your to the campfire and kind of catch up with everybody and just speak to them. Like in this case, for instance, because right, right. I don't think I fi- I don't think I finished um, my conversations with with Zoo, so um, I I definitely am missing something out. And I think it probably could be because I I I really didn't really bother going back to try and 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 you know cultivate my friendships with everyone here so i'm guessing that probably in future i don't know maybe maybe in future uh, chapters i probably have to go back and you know really make an effort to talk to everybody before i you know kind of proceed on to the to the main quest that is i mean is that generally the impression that you guys get also when you were playing the game like you kind of have to go back and like ah let's 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 do a little catch up let's just talk about what has gone on things like that right yeah, I, th- I feel like that's something that they got better at with future games like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, where, like, they constantly made you go back to, like, what is, like, the hub of your party, where you always, like, had the opportunity to talk to people between story missions where Jade Empire has, like, you very de- have to very deliberately go back and forth between them when things happen uh, to kind of, like, unlock new conversations. Or you have to, like, I guess, constantly be switching out your party to be able to have the conversations with them. And then, like, again, because, like, when you have one party member with you the whole time, like, you don't have that sort of, like, wide breadth of options of, like, when you can talk to people. You have to make deliberate decisions to do it. Um, hmm. Now that I'm looking at the requirements for him to reveal that he must have, and I must not have been paying enough attention, because I did all the things that I'm reading that you had to do. Yeah, so I pulled open the, the Jade Empire wiki while we were talking just now, and it says that you have to talk to zoo three different times um after completing the end of chapter two after defeating inquisitor limb um and then uh after after that first one uh after silk fox joins so there's three different conversations you have to do and i don't know if i did that last one um specifically after silk fox joins um and then also you have to in that conversation I mentioned earlier, not tell, basically don't ever side against him. And then he will tell you later on that he was one of the assassins sent to kill Master Lee's family and that Master Lee's daughter is still alive. Um, so that's, 
that's the thing that you get if you have properly appeased sagacious zoo which is just a, you know it's, it's a little little thing to leave there little, little thing little to thing think leave. about considering the, everything else people, that you've ever said and done in this game yeah people who maybe you know pay attention to what characters say when they are speaking can then possibly infer what is actually going on <laughs> yeah so this is if this can 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 i just ask like mm. without completely without spoilers just a yes or no is this is that the big twist is that the thing that i i know there is a big twist in this game and please tell me that's not the one because that feels like it's broadcast from about 15 miles off that is one twist mm. okay and okay, it, not... it is not the twist it is a twist okay okay and, and and because I was itchy enough to go looking around on the wiki page, I real mm. I, I kind of found out what that twist was accidentally, which I think it's only revealed in later chapters, so <laughs> Yeah. We we won't talk about it here for, for anyone who is playing along as we play. Um uh, we we only cover it, you know, we, we cover whatever is in the episode that we were playing, but not any further. But yeah, um real lighting up the runway there. <laughs> um Anyways, we now we now finally get to go in and meet with Gia. Uh, we stick the soul shard in the golem, and because I'm presuming we all went to the lowest level of the mines and got the the special shard from the corpse and all that, uh, the golem goes wild, and all the golems just start really messing up some lotus assassins around the uh, around the base. But Gia comes down and basically immediately recognizes who we are and is like oh my god you're all morons you let the one person you're not supposed to let in all the way to the heart of our operation i work with morons um and then we engage in a bunch of boss fights first with some clay golems and some uh lotus assassins which is actually i the hardest fight I did in this entire chapter was that room specifically with the two mm. clay golems and all the inquisitors because even I bumped down the difficulty playing through this section um, just because I was like, oh, I need to finish this before we record the episode. And even on the lowest difficulty, the two golems will just womp you for like half your <laughs> health and then all the inquisitors have poison and stuff on them. And yeah, also worth mentioning at this point clay golems can you only use weapons on them because my fists were not yeah. doing anything you can yeah. only use weapons mm-hmm. uh, that's rad neat i thought the ghosts were the most fun with not being able to use weapons and now we have only weapons the characters that's exciting really looking forward to more of that as we play you were using the you were you uh, mainly using the staff to, to to fight them right i mean if i remember correctly yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, the staff's all right. It's not like I dislike the staff. I'm actually like growing to like it as a weapon. But I was just like, oh cool. I was finally getting to a point in this game where I had different styles I was switching around to, and I felt like I was kind of getting into a flow with the combat. And then the game's like, hey, guess what? These characters only take damage from one of your kinds of attacks, and it's like the very specific one that we have only given you one option for so far. And I was like, neat fun love this for me specifically uh. <laughs> but then the next room we get to fight gia and i just like stun locked her in a corner with <laughs> myself and silk fox and Correct. we just whomped on her and it was great it was fantastic um 
yeah so we fight gia we get the amulet piece and then we get probably i mean between the cutscene before this with all the the clay golems coming to life and the foundations crumbling down and then the the cutscene after with we go up to get the amulet and the death's hand appears from behind the waterfall and sagacious dude saves us by sacrificing himself for for the team bringing down bringing down the pillar save us getting stabbed in the gut sagacious zoo went down fighting um it's we a lot of cutscenes, a lot of story finally have finally felt like the story was moving at a pace whereas before it was like oh we're just kind of chasing after things and fighting people now it felt like i was like oh we have actual story now we're we're doing stuff and actual personal stakes too like that that is something that i think was like this Mm -hmm. was a turning point for me in like the actual main plot like it is very grand and epic and the way that it is, but it also, like, it's starting to feel, like, personal in a way that mm-hmm. uh, is not told to us about telling us how like, we are super special and that our master is gone, but, like, actually, like, people that we've been, been spending time with are being involved in very specific, uh, very bold ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, like, definitely, I remember when I first played it, this was, like... This is this is the moment that the whole thing like um sort of right you know went up a notch and um and yeah I, I remember like when I was thinking back to this game I remember the bit where Death's hand showed up and it's a bit of a like Darth Vader moment of like oh shit yeah, it's, like it's real good um and yeah like and and like Sagacious it wasn't like my favorite character or anything but like I you know again talking about this been being my first RPG in a while and like they just they just killed off a like party member and they don't. Right. You know, it's not even a, it's not like in Mass Effect One or anything later where it's like this choice you have to make. It's just they just he just gets he's sacrificing, he gets killed, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's just taken from you. And it's like, yeah, that was like yeah. I was like, oh sh- shit, is real now. Like it was a huge deal at the time for me. I think that's one thing that plays to Jade Empire's advantage is that you have so many followers at this point. Like my campfire is just this ridiculous <laughs> collection of oh here's. Here's our flyer engineer and our mythical merchant from the afterlife and henpecked ho who's like i got turtle eggs and a wife but um it's (laughs) and the girl who was possessed by a demon oh yeah i always forget about her oh my god she's great too because every once in a while she's like the demon in me tells me you're all wrong and i'm like oh shit (laughs) oh right (laughs) i have a small child with me that's possessed by a demon and nobody seems to have a problem with that and i forget about it all the time um yeah it's to like like having all those followers is rad but then to take this character that I, i feel like they do a good job of building even if you don't like that character they clearly have a role to play and also i I like Sagacious Zoo because while I don't always agree with him, like sometimes I think he's a jerk, he is like a character and he's not a character that's necessarily defined by his relationships to other characters in the yeah. way like Dawnstar is. Mm, yeah. Like um, he's, you know, he is who he is and he can, he has conflict with other characters, mm. but he's not shaped by that. And so to have that taken away, I was like, oh man, he was cool. I liked him. no, Take somebody else. Yeah, Don Star. I got a Don Star in the back. If you want, I can. I can bring. Yeah, it. she can come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he even goes out cool because because Death's hand is like you couldn't possibly think you could win, and he's like no, but I thought I could get a few seconds. And you like look up and the pillar's coming down. And it's like oh damn, that's cool. 
damn. He went down fighting. You love to see it and hate to see it. Um, then we fight our way out. We fight a bunch of clay golems and lotus assassins, and then the Watcher's up there at the top, and he's like, yo, these guys didn't die, so clearly they're bad dudes, so let's kill them. And um, we finally fight our way back, and, and uh, at this point, like the one big reveal, as, as Sam mentioned earlier, and as we've kind of had confirmation of at this point, um the emperor is clearly behind all this the emperor is aware of everything that's been going on um i think silk fox has a line about like there's no way this could have been all happening without my father knowing um so silk fox is like okay let's go um confront my father at the palace about this and and you put on the special flyer stuff so the palace doesn't just shoot you down and that's that's where we kind of leave off is with this big grand cutscene which is also really cool of this like floating palace mm. and it's like this was the moment where i was reminded like oh right this is like a steampunk fantasy universe because there's just flyers everywhere and stuff floating in the air and it's kind of super cool in a way that i wish they would explore more of hopefully they will in future installments future chapters but um yeah at this point like i've got stakes i've got skin yeah. in the game My... it's like a th- three chapters to get there but we're here i know look at us we made it <laughs> we're finally here oh, any any closing thoughts on this i guess closing thoughts on on jade empire for you sam just you know we talked a little bit about it at the beginning about your history of jade empire but what has it been like, you know, revisiting it, I guess, for the podcast? It's, um, it's been fun. And, and you know, and yeah, there's, there's huge chunks of this game that are deeply problematic and, um, would, um, shouldn't have flown then, but definitely wouldn't fly now. And, um, I think there's, there's a bunch of stuff that I'm looking forward to hearing you get to because I, I, there's so, there's so much of this game that I, I'm not sure if, it's hard to separate how much of this game was done really well and how much of it was just because it was like the first RPG I'd played in a while and you know mm. I, but the, for for me this was like quite like wow this like blew my little mind at the time and mm-hmm. lots of big big story stuff and um and and then yeah obviously the fact that this was the the first like bit of like queerness I got in any bit of media really and um and so like I, I so I have a lot of affection for it in spite of all the problems and and I I it's not my it's not my favorite Bioware game or anything like I think um you know I think they they definitely went to stronger places after this um but it is sort of interesting going back and seeing this being like the foundation of a lot of stuff and them getting it mm. wrong a lot like just really awkward <laughs> Um, but event, but but you can see the like the seeds of something much better here, and, and in a way you can see the seeds of things that they wouldn't explore that they would just like get you know like we talked about you know these organic relationships and stuff, and they just they just went they went down a totally different road to deal with those problems, and so you sort of see the like the shadow of things that could have been for Bioware as well here, um, mm. and yeah, as uh, yeah, I have a soft spot for this game, but as we've discussed, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of this doesn't quite hold up, but I'm looking forward to my favorite stuff that's later in the game to see if if uh, if that's if that lands for you as well as it did for me back in 2005. Yeah, we'll see. Kihun, how are you feeling about the game so far? Now we've got kind of the major plot beats in. Yeah, I I, I do definitely think that. Um... I think I 
I mean, I've I've said it a couple of times throughout throughout, I mean throughout throughout the episode that I didn't find the story exactly compelling, but mm-hmm. towards the end, it was something that became a lot more, um, a lot more a lot more interesting. Um, again, I feel that um in terms of maybe because I felt <laughs> I I figured that I probably felt the. The, 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 the whole relationship thing with Silk Fox and I'm definitely not interested to get together with a Dawnstar like whatever mm-hmm. yeah but I'm I'm now curious to see if I can you know walk a strictly like platonic uh, relation uh, thing with everybody in the game and you know just mm. curious to see if I will accidentally find myself in a relationship with someone because I, I chose the wrong option I think there was I think <laughs> Honestly, I think with some characters, I think it is it is it is quite possible to actually, yeah, actually do that, yeah, based based on the dialogue options I was given, and aside from that, I guess because um, I guess um maybe because Eric didn't manage to to kind of like um, go through a lot of the side quests, but I do think that the side quests, particularly for this chapter. Some of it are pretty interesting because, like I said, you 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 aren't just like 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 going to a different place and fighting a bunch of enemies and stuff like that. You you have to solve certain quests in a way that is not as straightforward as you think, and mm-hmm. usually the answers isn't just there next to you. You you kind of have to like oh okay, uh. Maybe I should choose this option and make some people happy, but some people not so happy. And I, I think, I think the the most one of the most interesting uh side quests I've uh that that I've done here is really the one where you have to uh become a theater actor or something, a stage actor, because that's where you actually have to remember uh lines and lines from a script that you are given, oh. but you are not you re- you're not allowed to kind of refer to it. When you are, you know, acting on stage, of course. So things like that, pretty interesting stuff. Um, and yeah, like you guys mentioned, the plot is also definitely getting a lot more interesting at this point. And I'm kind of curious to see how everything will turn out. But yeah, shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Ken, you feeling good about the plot at this point? Feeling uh, good? better. Um, definitely better. And. <laughs> the the interesting thing is that I'm thinking about is if the rest of this game, like the the more interesting stories we have found in Jade Empire have m- largely been a lot of the side quests and kind of like seeing how like the the normal people of Jade Empire instead of like live instead of the, how the special people do. Um, mm-hmm. But the game is pretty much gonna have to rely on its specialness for the rest of this. Like the rest of the game has no side quests. We are on a, like a very linear path from here on out. Um, so I guess we're gonna see like if that stuff can stand on its own, even if like it has brought in personal stakes now. So like I think that works in its favor. But uh, I do know like knowing directions this is, this game goes, I I'm interested to see if like, if it can kind of turn me around because like largely my feeling playing this game again is not very positive, and like a lot of it also has to do with the fact that the chap the last chapters chapters that we did have been very long and like very heavy and uh, a lot of a lot to play before each episode so getting like these more 
focused section of the story, I think it's going to be kind of like the do or die for whether or not I leave this game feeling more positive. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I remember I was when I was scrolling down just now to look for the, the chapter three section, uh, the way the wiki on, on the Jade Empire wiki lays it out is they show like main quests on one side and like side quests on another. And once you get past chapter three, there's like nothing on the side quest side. <laughs> it's like all main quests. So I'm interested to see that. Like that's, I think also kind of novel for a Bioware game. You know, they usually kind of do hubs that you kind of go to and you do a bunch of stuff there and then you move on to the next step. And so having a game that eventually goes like, okay, you know, almost like Final Fantasy 15, you know, like once you get to a point in that game, you are just on rails to the end. And mm. I I personally like that about 15. I also understand that there are people who don't like that game. So <laughs> yell, yell at me in, in the comments. But uh, yeah, uh, as always, we are Normandy FM. We are a retrospective podcast. Those who are patrons on the Patreon, we have the Discord up and running. It is mostly running. There are still some things broken in it, and sometimes the bot just like levels you up for chatting in the chat, and I don't know why we're working on that. Don't worry about it. That's part of the fun. Part of the fun on the new backer Discord for Normandy FM, where people are already... I see messages in there right now, actually, that I'm going to go look at later. Uh, but there are people hanging out, having a good time, chopping it up about all the various games we have covered on the show so far. So if you are a patron, you can head over there. Make sure you link up your Discord on the Patreon. If you're not a patron, head over to patreon.com slash normandyfm. You could uh, join in for just $1 a month. You can get into the backer Discord and have a fun time with all of us. So that's that's the only thing we have Patreon uh gated off is that's just a little reward a little hangout place for all the folks who are contributing to our weekly stuff uh so uh it's it's, it's our way of saying thanks is making ourselves available to all the the chatter and discussion uh about these various games uh as well as ken's immediate hot takes about whatever new mass effect <laughs> or dragon age teaser comes out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we also had our first bio blip recently. That was exciting. Um, where we talked about Jack and the Mass Effect 2 romance stuff that, that came out recently in the news and all that. Yeah. Uh, we probably will have another one by the time this episode goes live. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, I'd, no. I'm, I'm seeing into the future that something um, might be happening. Or, well, by the time this episode has gone up, will have happened on uh, Tuesday, perhaps. Oh my, oh, oh my god. I'm covering my uh, excitement here, even though it, it, clearly there's there's terror <laughs> in your voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there will be stuff to talk about. Uh, well, by the time you've heard this episode, we'll have talked about it already, but we will leave this fun and teasing for the folks at home. Either way, this will be fun to listen to later. Um... And as always, if you don't want to back us on Patreon, none of our stuff is pay-gated. You can find all of it on our podcast feeds or on our Twitter, twitter.com slash show. Sam, where can the wonderful folks at home follow you, find all of your awesome work? Wow, they can follow me at on Twitter at Sam M. Greer. Um, that's G-R-W-R in the Greer there. Um, and you can find most of my work these days at GHG Show, also on Twitter. Um, I don't, I don't freelance so much anymore. But uh, 
But yeah, anything anything interesting I do, you'll find it there. Sam, you're one of those folks who I went to look at their Twitter before the show, and I saw that I was not following you and was very confused because <laughs> there's a phenomenon on Twitter that I'm trying to figure out the right word for, but it's when you see someone pop up in rep- like replies and retweets and likes and all that enough that you think you follow them. And then one day you find out that you do not actually follow them. Yeah, there's, was, there's. You, you are one of those people. I've, I've. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, that's flattering. I've had, I've definitely had that phenomenon of just yeah, people pop up enough where you think you just assume that you must be following them, and then you have that little yeah. awkward moment of like, oh no, I'm not. Oh no. Um, and then you're like, oh no, yeah. I have to hit the follow button now, and they'll know I wasn't following <laughs> well, them. Well, if, if it, I'm going to bring it up during a podcast, so they have to confront that. <laughs> well, it's okay. You've got the upper hand because you followed me before I followed you. So you've now you've like you got one up on me. So you've won. See, that's that's the trick. That's that's what you have and, to do. And this cold war, audience. you've definitely made the the finishing <laughs> move. So well done. <laughs> Uh, Sam, so happy to have you on the show. It was fantastic. It looks like, looking at the schedule, we might have you on again uh, at some point in the future, it looks like. Uh, Very excited for that. As always, for Sam, for Kihoon, for Ken, for myself, we will see... What? You didn't do the Patreon shoutouts. Oh, damn it. We do, though, still. Uh as always, before Eric signs us out of the show, <laughs> we shout out folks who back us on the Patreon at a certain level. And this week, that is Kevin Kulikowski, Chris Johns, Alice Hawk, Colin, just Colin, just Zach Mickle, The Wedge of Destiny, and we'll bang okay. We promise we love all of y'all. You're all great. You get a special role on the backer Discord. You get to be the Spectres. Initially, I fucked up the roles, and everybody was a Spectre when they joined the Discord. <laughs> but that has been fixed now, and only you have the special title. So it's all good. You get the shoutouts. You get the title. You get to be the reason why, one of the reasons why Ken yells at me every week when I forget things. <laughs> <laughs> and now for Sam, for Kihoon, for Ken, for myself, thank you so much. We will see you next episode or next bio blip on Normandy FM. The show is called Bio Bits. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>